Blog Talk Radio. from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Are you ready to say yes to spirit? We are. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. Encouraging you on your spiritual path. (laughs) We have a little sign by Tracy's desk here that that I always read, and the sign's gone. I just noticed, and I got a little confused. I guess it's a test. If we've been doing this show a year, uh, do funny? we know what the tagline is? Is that not hysterical? Um, <clears throat> so uh, that's the kind of day it's going to be. Um, welcome to the show. <laughs> that is so funny because I read it every, you know. So of course, I, you know, I've said it to people. But when I looked up and the sign wasn't there, my mind immediately froze. Now, there's a huge, we could do a whole show on that. Well, and maybe a, we will because today's topic is doubt. Yes, yeah, I like that. I like and, that topic. And does doubt show up when we look around and we don't see God where we in the way we expect to yes. see God? Yes. And then we doubt whether or not we really know that God is present. Or I doubt. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a it's like question. God's not showing up the way I usually mm-hmm. recognize God. God's not there in this trial and tribulation, or at least it doesn't feel like it. I mean, that's what we're saying to ourselves. Mm. It's like, do I really know? Do mm. I really know that God is trust. present? Mm. Or do I have doubt? See, I doubted my mental health because I thought, I can't remember it. I can't remember it. I can't remember it. Maybe I don't really know it. Maybe I don't know the tag. So, so I doubted myself. So what a perfect lead-in to show we never know what I love it. it's going to be. But before we get too far into doubt and uh, how that shows up for us as an individual as well as doubt in our relationship with spirit, we always link back to last week, my favorite thing. Yeah, and oh. last week was gratitude. Gratitude. Ooh, gratitude and doubt. Gratitude and doubt. Gratitude and doubt. I can't be in doubt if I'm in gratitude. So it's another one of those things. Last week we talked about. I can't, I can't be in fear if I'm in gratitude. If I'm in gratitude. So I think they're kind of opposites. If I'm feeling doubt, if I'm feeling hesitation, uncertainty, then I'm not in a state of gratitude in that moment. In that yeah. moment. And it was an interesting at the uh, Center for Spiritual Living last night. We saw a movie called Beyond Belief. Beyond belief, and then one of the um, people talking, they talked about having a state of gratitude being a way that we activate the law of attraction in terms of if I'm grateful for this nice hot cup of tea, and I really experience the gratitude of that, then that experience of gratitude and feeling gratitude will bring in more things that I am grateful for. So if I can learn this state of real deep gratitude for the simplest of things, then I'm actually drawing in the experience of gratitude, so then the universe will start manifesting all these wonderful things that I'll be grateful for. Yeah, and it's it's like um, what I talked about last week with the, the spiritual emotion of gratitude. Ooh, so not right. just the oh, yeah. not just saying thank you, but when we feel mm, the emotion of it and build on that, that that is really what you know praying without ceasing is about. That's really what the walking in spirit 
about, and I agree with the connection that the film made that with law of attraction, when you the more you are living from that emotion of gratitude, the more the universe has to say, Oh, okay, she wants to feel like that. What else can I give her that will make her feel that way? You know, I don't <clears> think I have written down anything that we've said in months, but I am writing that down. Emotion of gratitude. The spiritual emotion. The spiritual emotion of gratitude. Love it. Love it, love it. So All what right. does it mean that you haven't written down anything that we've said? <laughs> I mean, you know, could the <laughs> listener who's listening for the first time think that, oh, well, you know, for months there hasn't been any value in this show? Well, I was hoping they would just think I was so evolved that, you know, I knew I knew everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that is yeah. another way yeah, to another think way about it. it. But, but uh, <laughs> let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about doubt. And welcome back. This is Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And today our theme is doubt. If this is the first time that you've listened in, um, every week we do have a theme. And really what we talk about is this idea that when we say yes to spirit, it can shift the way that we show up in life and the way we experience whatever is going on in our lives. And um, the purpose of having a theme each week is for us to really stop and think about, hmm, does saying yes to spirit apply to every part of our experience that we call life? So we've had all kinds of themes, and I encourage you to go to the archive and, and just scan it for different topics to see if there's a theme that really grabs you. Um, but today our theme is doubt. And one of the things that I love about doing this in all of my evolved state uh, is, is that we we pick topics that normally many times I don't hear talked about in, in settings in terms of a spiritual setting. These topics of doubt and the topics of work and the topics of, you know, some of these other things that really, as you said, the idea is Every nook and cranny of our life are we saying yes to spirit. So if I'm in a situation where I'm feeling doubt, where I'm in a situation where I'm feeling like this is just too much work, can I take that attitude of saying yes to spirit and shine that light and look at that thing in terms of how can I say yes to spirit and how can that shift every experience? And that, you know, it's a powerful, and my, you know, you know me well enough, but most of this is, you know, I am the less evolved of, of most. So, you know, I need that reminder. But it's so interesting to uh, to keep to keep the focus on, the ritual on, the routine on, doing it day after day after day. And that's the trick. That's the trick, I think. So, so how long are you going to tell yourself this story that you're the, the less involved? Yeah, you know that's just that's my shtick. Yeah, you, that's my shtick. That's what I think is you know kind of fun. Because <laughs> if I'm really you know as evolved as I am, then I'd have to be responsible and accountable and do you know amazing things. So you know I'm okay in my stick so far, right? Okay, that's not the theme doubt today. Doubt. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back to doubt. Yeah, 
this quote from Thomas Jefferson might uh, give us some place mm. to go. Question with boldness even the existence of a God, because if there be one, he must more approve of the homage of reason than that of blindfolded fear. Question, question with boldness, even the existence of a God, because if there be one, he must be he must more approve of the homage from reason than that of blindfolded fear. And the oh, reason that okay. I that that grabbed my attention was I remember growing up if at least I had the the feeling of if you even thought you doubted there was a mm. God, you know, you mm. might be struck by lightning or you know, right. it was a fearful approach that just in blindfolded fear. Uh-huh. You know, from fear, I'm going to believe there's a God. Uh-huh. And that wasn't, you know, my total experience because I got a lot of lessons about God is love. and you know, But the idea that if you even doubted for a moment, I mean, you would be, like, killed, obliterated. You wouldn't exist anymore. God demanded this. And the Thomas Jefferson quote really, you know, says, uh, no, you know, question it. Because if you believe it, because you have answered any questions you have about it, that 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 belief would be stronger and more welcome. Yes. Versus, I don't. I have questions, but I dare not even ask them. Think about them. I love that. And doesn't it even imply in there that a God that would want just blind faith out of fear really isn't a God I'd want to follow anyway? Because the God I would want to follow would be the God that would want to question and doubt and curiosity and ponder and wonder and flip around and and be there through all right. of that and be there through all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I, that awesome. that particular quote just jumped out at me. And so, in terms of you know, it's funny thinking about doubt. I didn't even think about the fear, you know, of God in the the traditional thought that we can't doubt him and if we doubt his ways then we will be punished or something bad will happen. Right. And and that, that is really deep. Yeah. And that doesn't come up very much, at least for me now, because I don't believe in a God that punishes. Um but thinking about it as a kid, oh yeah, there was a lot of discouragement and about having doubt, and there was a lot of judgment mm-hmm. if anybody thought someone else had a doubt. And um, and and so it is interesting. And, and then I do remember when I was in my late teens and early 20s and started really studying comparative religions and learning more about other religions, that there was that sense of what? What are you? You know, you can't be doubting God, and none of those other religions have the real God. Just mm-hmm. you know, just ours. Uh-huh. Um, and so it was a lot of heaviness around that. But I don't think any person, no matter how uh, deeply religious or deeply spiritual they are, well, I won't go deeply spiritual. No matter how deeply religious they are, at some point that something happens and they have that question, is there a God or where I know there's a God, has God forsaken me? Oh, yeah. You know, that that feeling, and that's a form of doubt. Right. And I think it's those little seeds that are planted in our early spiritual minds that sometimes unless unless I uncover them, unless I see it, and I say, oh, that is a message that I got, then I can un program that because many times I'll be running on this automatic thinking that was planted somewhere years ago and I'm not even really aware of it until somebody says, oh, if you had this message early on that, you know, you can't doubt God and that doubt is not acceptable. And then on the flip side of that, if something goes wrong, then I doubt God, then I'm going to be punished even further. So it's like then you set up this whole, that's very interesting. 
And 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 Tracy, do you have any experiences of doubting God? How that how that applies to your life? Oh sure. I mean, I think growing up, I think a lot of that experience is um, a lot of the experience, no matter how you're raised, but it's especially I was raised in a um, church environment and mm-hmm. going to church, being involved in activities at church. And, and mostly it was a very loving uh, experience and very nurturing experience. And when individual things would happen, from as, you know, big as dealing with racism, uh, you know, is there really a God? I mean, how can there be a God and have allowed slavery? Is there really a God? How could there be a God that would, the God that I'm being told about, how could that energy, that person, that that spirit, how could that entity allow um, in the United States for there to be black fountains and white fountains and stores and restaurants that my family can't go to just because of the color of our skin? So, I mean, I have a lot of of doubt around that growing up. And so, and I, you know, would always come around to, um, isn't this interesting? This is not God's doing. This is man's doing. Nice, yes. And God has given man mm-hmm. the power to make decisions, and this is man's doing. And, in fact, you know, suffering through slavery or conquering slavery and surviving versus suffering and passing on really strong values. I mean, you know, there's a whole mythology that that is somewhat supported by fact, but it's still become a mythology about, you know, I have a lot of pride in being African-American because I come from people who survived the unsurvivable right. and had hopes for the future generations, and that's why I'm here. Right. And uh, it's up to God to judge the actions of the people who did all of that because I'm going to still live my personal life in a way that is grounded in spirit and love. So, you know, it was like on both sides yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. that I, you know, had the doubt, but then I got the lesson of how to apply from a spiritual basis versus a religious basis. And, um, you know, but that, like, that's big, that I'm caught in the middle of this big game playing out in the world. And then, yeah, individual doubt, like people I know doing things that make no sense to me or having what feel like tragedies and making no sense to me and me going, how could how could a God mm-hmm. of love mm-hmm. make allow that to happen? You know, and then going through it. And that, there was a period in my 20s where I would have labeled myself an agnostic that I believed there was a, not an atheist that doesn't believe in God, but I believe there's something out there. I just don't know what it is. I believe there's a creator. Uh-huh. I believe there's, but I don't really know how to frame that or what it is. No personal so, relationship with. Well, actually, no. I think many agnostics are the other way around. They have a really strong personal relationship. Oh, really? Okay. But they don't see how that fits into how the world is running. And, you know, it's like I know there's something, uh-huh. but what everybody calls God and all the qualities and the choices that they apply to that don't seem to be like, it just seems to be like superhuman, a super example of a human versus something wise enough, big enough to create all of this. So they're not doubters. I don't know much about agnostics. Are are not doubters. Are they believe in something? Don't know what to call it, name it. You know, I don't know if it's God because God has a cultural meaning. I got you. you Stereotype know. idea. So I know there's a, there's some kind of energy, entity. some kind of entity, some something that's bigger than us as uh-huh. human beings. I just don't know what it is. I mean, that's that's commonly what the agnostic, where the agnostic is coming from. So really, I think what agnostics do, agnostics doubt and don't believe in religion. I might be an agnostic. And atheists don't believe in God, that okay. there is a God. 
There you go. Yeah, that is an interesting thing in terms of not being able to label it in a certain way, causing us to doubt it, it being whatever the entity is. And I think um, in the examples you gave, that fits so well with the idea that if, if something bad happens that I don't understand, then I doubt God. And so in a strange way, if my finite mind can't wrap itself around it and understand it, then instead of going to the place of there's just things that my finite mind can't understand because that is the state of my finite mind, I go to the state of defending my finite mind and doubting the entity and saying, oh, well, because I don't understand it, because it doesn't come in the frame of my understanding, then it must be wrong. Because certainly I can't not understand it. Well, you know, that's really funny that you would say that because when I Googled doubt and spirituality, yeah. the first thing that came up was doubt is ego. Oh, see, I love that. Ego, uh, yeah. ego has everything to yes. do with doubt. Yes, yes. And in fact, I think that's how we how ego keeps its place in in, in the pecking order yeah. because if, if I gave up doubt and just totally laid out and accepted this joyous experience of life, ego wouldn't necessarily have the authority or the power that that ego chooses. And, you know, the 12-step saying, ego easing God out, that's a classic thing for ego. Interesting. Yeah. Is there something else in there? On the uh, ego, it's an article on the uh, website Spirituality for Living, um, and ego has everything to do with doubt. The world doesn't truly give you bad choices. It just gives you choices. And whether they are good or bad depends on your view, where you're at. Doubt and ego are identical. Ooh. Ego is an idea of self, inherently limiting, and doubt is the process of finding those limitations. Ooh, I love that. And in fact, that's exactly it in the show. And that's it. <laughs> oh yeah, just listen. we'll just play that music or something for the next uh, four Write that down. Okay. Take that into contemplative meditation. That's really powerful. It is, and I've never been to this website before. Spirituality for living. We live our ideas: science, mysticism, spirituality, consciousness. I like it. Written by someone who refers to themselves as Dragon Intuitive, Travis Saunders, the Dragon Intuitive. You know, that reminds me, I'm just all about this movie last night, but there was um, discussion afterwards, and one of the um, women in the audience, Priscilla, give a little shout-out to Priscilla. Yay, Priscilla, we love you. Somebody asked the question about intuition and how do you know when it's intuition and how do you know when it's just your own thinking? And she gave the example of, for her, when it's her intuition... Priscilla gave that response? Yes, Priscilla gave the response. Good point. Thank you for clarifying that. That's exactly right. Someone, I don't know the name, asked the question. There you go. And then Priscilla said this is how she kind of comes into understanding if it's intuition or her own thinking. And when she said it's intuition, it's a clear thought. It's a clear knowing. It's a knowing. And then these thoughts come in saying, oh, no, that can't be right. Oh, no, that's probably wrong. Oh, you haven't thought that before. Why are you thinking that now? And she said that that's kind of the ego coming in to debate or question, try to pull her away from this intuitive knowing, oh, no, I need to do this, even though it makes no sense. The intuition is do it. And then the ego comes in with these doubting Thomas kind of, oh, yeah, that's silly, or why are you thinking that now? And and so for her, she said exactly what as I'm understanding that quote is, is that when we are really living in that God state of mind, that Christ consciousness, our ego, our doubt comes in and, and tries to pull us out of that. And so there's that, that kind of, I don't want to use the word battle, but there's that moment of choice. Yeah, that we can say, man, I don't know why I look like I'm going down this dead-end road because it's got, you know, trees and brush and leaves all over it, but this is where my intuition says go. And, you know, devil, get thee behind me. Isn't that a good, <laughs> good thing? 
ego. We can say, ego, get thee behind me. And well, just step exactly. out into faith and and say yes to, to spirit. spirit. Yeah, there you go. Of course. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, back when we did the show on ego, it, which is interesting that this that we neither one of us thought about this connection until we started talking about uh-huh. it today. But, you know, that whole idea that ego is not it it is also not bad. Ego thinks it's protecting us. Ego thinks it's you know, this is what you've been doing for the last thirty years and so clearly that must be the way light your life is supposed to be. So ego knows what the guardrails are to keep us having that same experience, and it's just doing its job, saying, oh, no, you you know, you're getting ready to cross the line here. Come on back. And sometimes that's really helpful for us day to day until we decide that we want something different. Ego doesn't know that. And, you know, there's a, a lot of talk about you know, ego not wanting to lose its identity right. in terms of once I start to grow and glow, ooh, let's write that down, grow and glow, then you know, <laughs> ego gets very nervous. Right. Ego gets very nervous. But you're right, ego absolutely, um, the initial design of our psyche, I think, is uh, to protect, and, and it, it absolutely believes it has its higher, it, it wants us to believe let me back up to something else. It wants us to believe that it has our higher good, but actually it has its own higher good. Ego is the is kind of the seed of selfishness, I think. And really what it what it wants to do is to make us believe that it's taking care of us when really it's taking care of itself and fighting for its own survival. I don't know if that makes sense. But I think it's very deep, if we think of it. It's all very... And, you know, it's interesting to me, you said something, you said neither one of us had thought about the ego in terms of, you know, in contrast or, you know, connecting that to doubt until we started talking about it, and that is exactly right, and that's why I love the show, and that's why I love community, and that's why I encourage anybody that, you know, listens to this show to get into community, have these philosophical discussions, these debates. I mean, one of the things I think that's really missing in in, in in our overall culture is sitting down and having sort of philosophical. Remember, I remember stories of like in Einstein's day, they'd have coffee at night and they just have these meetings. And you hear about Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of the Mind, and reading stories about him. He would just sit around with his friends and talk about this stuff at night and just feed off each other. And there's a powerful thing in terms of just sitting down and having a philosophical debate or thought or processing or whatever you want to call it and really diving into some of these concepts that we just kind of think we take for granted. Oh, I know about doubt. Oh, I know about ego. Oh, I know about love. I know about fear. Well, let's talk about it. And boy, as we talk about it every week, because I drive over here going, you know, doubt. Who wants to talk about that? What's that? You know, I know everything. I need to know about doubt. That's not going to be a very good... And then we start talking about it. And yeah. And you're like, oh, God, thank God we talked about doubt. Well, and you know, I agree with you on that because in our society, in this time of history, we are so focused on individual, right? And we, and that's not a bad thing in itself, but we don't, we really don't have a good balance of how we can grow ourselves in community. So then, when we go to work or even in spiritual communities, you know, because we're so grounded in individuals, so many people are focused on, well, what's in it for me? What's the experience I am having? And, yeah, don't even get any input or any insight into the experience someone else is having. It's like we're, you know, 300 people in a sanctuary, and we are having a group experience. But You know, and then we all walk out the door and walk to our cars and go our separate ways, and even in Fellowship Hall, afterwards talking, we, we're not usually talking about, like, the core point of the message. Right. We're not philosophizing, taking it deeper. And what did that really mean to you? To the whole, and, what, yeah. 
And when we do start doing that, our tendency is not what we, what you and I do on this show, which is like go, oh, isn't that interesting? Well, oh. And we don't always agree, right. and it's like, okay, let me listen to that. Mm-hmm. In the quote-unquote real world, what happens is we get defensive and yes. feel like we have to fight through the right point. Right. Yes, and, and constantly looking and for make you wrong. Right. Even right. If, even if you say something that makes me think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, in the real world, person A wants to make person B wrong so they can be right. Right. Exactly. Instead of going, oh, how can our disagreement expand both of us right. so that we both ex- understand a broader view of that? Right. And that, and well, and I, I guess it's no surprise that that really intrigues me because that's a lot of what the diversity work that I do in organizations mm-hmm. is about. That, you know, you've got five different people. They're not all going to see or understand the issue, the problem, or the opportunity the same way. So just because you're the boss or just because you're a specific race or just because you're a specific gender, what makes you think that your 20% view of the total is the right one? And what can you learn from the views of the other people? And does it does it also say that my 20%, I doubt it, so therefore I have to defend it because I'm a little doubting, I'm a little worried. What if I'm not right? What if Sally Sue's right? Well, I better defend it. I better put both my feet down and really say, no, I'm right, you're wrong. And it's out of that state of doubting because if I'm really, you know, at peace with my 20%, and say, man, this is my 20%. This is all I got. But I'm interested in the other 80, but I don't doubt my 20. Right. I know that mine is right from my experience. From my experience, right. Then I'm more open to hearing the other 80, and then maybe I get to walk away with 30 or 40. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That is interesting. Um, Reverend Ellen Devonport gave a talk. uh, This was probably five years ago. Oh, wow. But she gave oh, a unity. Talk. She was at Unity for a while, wasn't she in Dallas? She she's in Dallas. A, for she was, and she's a Unity minister, uh, well known nationally, an author. Um, and uh, Ellen gave this talk, and one of the examples that she used in the talk was, "What color is your truck, or what color is your car?" <laughs> Okay. So, uh-huh. what, you know, what color is your is your vehicle? Like, whatever, however you got here today, uh-huh. car, truck, taxi, right? Oh, I see. What there. color okay. is so? What what color is your car, Leslie? Blue. Ethel is blue. Ethel is blue. Yes. Okay. So yours is red. Could oh. you let me make the point? <laughs> no, I want to play the game. I want to guess ahead. What? I want to win. What color is your car, Leslie? Blue. Tracy? Blue. I'm, I No, your car is silver. L. Oh, no, it's not. Blue. You've seen Ethel? No. Yeah, Ethel. I've, I've seen Ethel. Ethel is, um, is, is gold, champagne colored. No. Ethel, <laughs> Ethel is green. Are you just trying to mess with my mind and make me mad? No. Have you not seen Ethel? Are you colorblind? (laughs) So do you have any doubt about the color of Ethel? Oh, no. I know Ethel's blue. So no matter what else I said, you thought I was the one with the problem. Oh, right. You had no doubt. I wasn't worried. Yeah, I didn't get nervous. You didn't start questioning whether or not you knew that Ethel was blue. No. Correct. And and I didn't really even get that irritated. I just thought you were just well, doing that's it well. That's because you knew I was going somewhere uh-huh. with this. But that's yeah, okay, good. And so doubt. when we have doubt, often it's either the ego or we're reacting to something that somebody else has done or said. You know, it's either the ego trying to protect us to keep us in a place or we're reacting to something that somebody else has said that, like and it what made me think about that is what you were saying. If you really know it, if you really know what you know what you know, uh-huh. 
then you can engage with all kinds of people, and it's not going to shift you from right. that, not out of stubbornness, right? but out of I know what I know, and so I'm not at all threatened or concerned about what you know. In fact, I'm curious. I'm interested, yes. Because I don't feel I have to make a change. And so Reverend Ellen Devonport's talk was all about you know the color of your car. Interesting. And nobody, you know can change that because you do know it. Mm -hmm. And what if our faith in God Mm. was like that? Mm. I know, I know God. Mm -hmm. I know this energy of spirit. Mm -hmm. And you can say whatever you want, but I'm going to stay, you know, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to interact with you. I want to know what you know. And I don't have to doubt that my God is a good God. My God is a God of love. It's not an either or. When you stand in, it's, you know, almost even beyond faith, it's standing in knowing. I love it. Yeah, and that is, isn't it, you're either standing in knowing or you're standing, I'm either standing in knowing or I'm standing in doubt. If you cut right down to it. Yeah, we can label it a lot of things. We can say we're curious. We can label it in I'm growing. Yeah, I'm growing. And growing comes from I doubt what I know and sometimes I doubt what I know and I know more so that I can go to the next place. Um, But if my faith in God is complete, Uh and that doesn't mean I can't learn more, that I I can try new spiritual practices to go even deeper in that faith, Uh but if the core belief is complete, then the doubt's not in whether or not there's a God. The doubt is in how much more integrated can my life experience be? You know, are there additional things I can do to be in total alignment with this spirit? And the whole concept of am I going to be in faith or am I going to be in doubt when something bad happens, bad, or something unexpected happens, or I don't get what I want? And um, I used to work with this woman who just, she was the, 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 and she believed it. She was a Southern Baptist. Well, I don't know. I really don't know what kind of Baptist she was. But she was a very deep-seated Baptist. And she had a core faith that I don't care if her child was run over by a truck. I watched her go through real tragedy. And immediately her reaction was, God is good all the time, all the time God is good. And it wasn't some platitude that she said. I mean, she had embedded it in her DNA where whatever happened, her reaction was faith first and then I'm going to let my human catch up with me. I mean, she was went through all of the emotional right, processes of what happened. Right. Having a human experience. Right. But, yeah, to know that you're divinely guarded, guided, and protected through that right. is is experiencing it in a different way. Right. And yes, and she yes, and that's exactly the point. She would she would experience the experience from a standpoint of faith instead of a standpoint of doubt or fear. Right. Makes total sense. I have a devotion we could take a break and come back to if um if we want to do that and it, it, it's a good bit of a lead in because um the devotion looks at fear versus versus faith, and when I was looking for a devotion on doubt, I kind of connected that earlier this morning in terms of if I'm in fear, then I'm in doubt. It's kind of interesting. Okay, well, we'll take a one-minute break, and then we'll come back.
I'd know the tag if we had the form. No, it's encouraging you on your path. What's the lesson? <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. I doubt my own ability to so know So welcome it. back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path, hosted by oh, Leslie and Tracy. <laughs> That is hysterical. I said it all, and I doubted that I had said it all. Okay, very good. Very good. All right. So here's the devotion around doubt. She watched as I put the food on the plate and poured fresh water into the bowl. I knelt down, saying, kitty, kitty, kitty. She sat frozen two feet away from me. A three-month-old kitten has taken up residency in my backyard. Each day, she watches me put out food and water. Each day, she makes certain to stay an arm's length away. I watch and wonder where her fear comes from. She was born in my backyard and has never had a negative experience with me or any other human. Her fear comes from some internal uncertainty that has very little to do with fact. I have a hunch God watches me sitting in frozen anticipation Understanding my fear has very little to do with fact. As I watch the universe put out food and water for me every day, I react from some internal uncertainty that there may not be enough food and water for tomorrow, that I might miss out on the food and water for today, or that someone else may take my food or water. Just like that kitten, my needs are guaranteed to be taken of, taken care of. But if I am sitting frozen in fear, that offers me little relief. It is up to me to let fear go and walk towards the reassuring sound of the universe saying, Kitty, kitty, kitty. Hmm. I love that one. And totally agree with it that it is um, so true that we we let that fear mm-hmm. get in front of mm, you know we let the fear get in front of the faith and and that is what happens when doubt doubt sets in and then our actions come mm-hmm. out in terms of fear mm. Mm. good like that because doubt is in our head doubt's the seed and then fear is the action that that grows out of that oh I like that. And you know, I like the I like the idea of the visualization of we're putting that doubt or that fear in front of faith because it's not it's the fear the doubt is not changing the faith the fear the doubt is not changing the presence of God giving me the food and water every day metaphorically in every way the that is a given my fear and doubt comes in steps in between sets up a veil sets up a dark cloud sets up whatever it is. Right, right, right. And we then see the image and we think that's all there is and we think where did the food and water go? But it's still there. It's always there. This is good. We should write this stuff down. (laughs) (laughs) So what about the image? So for whatever reason as we were doing images just then Uh, then I saw like a sandwich. Oh. And so, you know, if God is one piece of bread and you're the other piece of bread. It's like, what's the filling in your sandwich? Ooh. Is it faith? Is it fear? Is it doubt? Is it trust? Is it love? What's the filling in your sandwich today? Mm -hmm. What sandwich are you eating today? And that's, that's again, a choice, isn't it? And that's why... I think the encouragement for me to me and the encouragement from you to me and the encouragement of other like-minded people is to say yes to making the choice of making that sandwich, you know, full of joy and love and light and joy and good and faith. And that when I get into a sandwich of fear or anxiety or worry, you know, there's enough pre-programmed faith that I'll say, ooh, that's bitter, or ooh, that doesn't taste right. Whereas if I'm not really working a saying yes to spirit in the majority of my life, I'll get used to the flavor of that fear, or used to the flavor of that anxiety, and then I'll just be eating that whole sandwich, not even remembering that, man, 
joy tastes good, love tastes good, faith tastes good, but I haven't had that taste. I haven't had that flavor in so long. Mm-hmm. And you know, we can just take this metaphor on infinitum because I am like gained so much weight and I eat all this bad food, crappy food, but it tastes so good now. When I eat like a fruit, like I ate an orange the other day, I was like, oh my goodness, that tastes bad. Really? I mean, I've gotten so out of whack in my eating that the healthy food actually tastes bad because it's so unusual. And really, when we get so out of whack in our spirituality, when we start having to get into a practice or starting needing to get in back into the routine of something positive, there's an initial, don't like it, don't want right. it, don't need it. And we have to fight through that to remind ourselves, now this is an orange, this is from the earth, this is and from I like God, and I like oranges, this is good for me. And then I have done this enough in my life that I understand, literally, the orange will then start to taste good after several times of starting to eat it. And I can retrain my body that the fried foods and the, you know, chips and the chocolate pie. and the pie, baby, pie on the couch. Pie on the couch is not something that I want the flavor for. Yeah. It's, we just never know. If you're listening to us for the first time, you just know. We never, <laughs> ever know. Never, ever know where our conversation will take us. But what we hope is that um, by listening to real people talk about real uh, concerns and real opportunities in life, that you also are able to make the connection. And you may be listening to this and coming up with your own metaphor, your own image right. that really works for you based on something that's going on in your life. We we often joke about, you know, the tagline is encouraging you on your spiritual path when really all what we want to do is encourage <laughs> Each ourselves. Other. That's right. Right. It's like, uh, and, and if it encourages somebody else, well, that's, icing on the cake. And, you know, we talk about spiritual practices. We try to talk about that each week. And the spiritual practice of having some routine connection to someone. You and I have had this routine now for almost a year. And, you know, there are many days that I just think, oh, goodness, this is silly. We should stop doing this. Or, oh, I don't want to drive out there. Or, oh. But there has not been a day that I don't leave a notch up. You know, even if I'm in a good place, I leave a notch up even higher. Mm-hmm. Certainly, if I'm in a not so good place, I, I leave in a much more energized state. And having it, an imprint of an actual routine of an you know a person that we are we know okay every Thursday at nine o'clock I'm going to call Sally Sue or Sally Sue's going to call me. And getting that routine of having, uh, you know, I'm going to use the word accountability, and I'm going to work real hard not to use the word work, but um, to to make certain that we have things in our week that we absolutely know, you know, Sally Sue's going to be checking in on me, or I'm going to have this conversation, and it's going to be philosophical in nature. You know, that's a spiritual practice that then plants those seeds of faith and, you know, kind of puts ego to the side for that five-minute conversation and starts seeding those those experiences of joy and faith and love. And that practice of that week after week after week, I really encourage people if, if, if we don't, if you don't have that, you know, even, even you know, you can do the practice, you could you know, put something on the, 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 the Yes to Spirit website and have us, you know, email you back. I mean, even if I'm living in some um, city or country, you know, small town that doesn't have a community, you know, use us as your community or, you know, reach out and begin to use the Internet to connect to. Yeah, because I, as I was listening to you, I was thinking about all the different ways that I do that, and obviously we do the show weekly, and so that's a one-on-one, you know, in some ways the um, – if, you know, having a prayer partner mm, does that as right. well uh, because we decide, you know, kind of what aspect of spirituality or what aspect of faith we want to deal with in that prayer session or if there's something going on. But knowing that that's going to happen mm-hmm. every week on a right. certain day. To some degree, when people go to church on yes. Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, you know, church, synagogue, mosque, that 
some in some ways that's a spiritual practice that really in terms of dealing with doubt can be really helpful mm-hmm. if you're doing it intentionally, not just, oh, it's Sunday, I better go to church. Oh, it's Friday at two PM, I'm supposed to go to prayer. Oh, you know, if it's not out of rope, but I am really going and I understand I'm experiencing some doubt and I'm looking for you know, as I'm participating in that service, in that worship, in that prayer, I'm looking for and opening myself to a response related to doubt, mm-hmm. healing my sense of doubt, and that could be um, really worthwhile. So I'm I'm just kind of building on your point of having a routine mm-hmm. that really allows you to go deeper, whether it's doubt or some other topic. You know, and all the spiritual practices that we've talked about over the years, I've never heard us talk about a, a prayer partner, but that is a powerful spiritual practice. And you can always find a prayer partner. I mean, you can go on the Internet and find a prayer partner, regardless of where you are. But having that other person participating weekly and knowing what's going on, and you know what's going on in their life, and even, you know, the old adage of when I'm praying for you, I'm actually praying for myself as well. So it's just doubling my own. Benefit. That's a powerful spiritual practice to have a prayer partner. It is. And then you also said, um, you know, for people who don't live in a place where they either have an established spiritual community or they're, you know, they live in a place where a spiritual community that would feed them is not available and you mentioned, you know, go on the Internet or use us as your spiritual community. Right. Um, and and I agree with both of those. When you said that, a couple of things triggered for me around using the Internet, uh-huh. um, actually three or four things. One was you, you did refer to the show, and, you know, just going through the archives and picking a show and listening to it, you know there's an hour of information and ideas there to generate thought in, in for yourself. So I, I totally agree with that. Um and I know how many times, it's not on a routine basis, but how many times I go pull up. There's so many spiritual centers and churches now where the minister has, you know, records audio or video their Sunday talk. Well, you, I've I mean, seen you do the Agape. So, I mean, I personally do that a lot with mm-hmm. Agape International Spiritual Center and um, with Renaissance Unity in Michigan. But our center, Center for Spiritual Living Dallas, um, you know, the Sunday talks uh, are available, audio or video online, and dozens and dozens. When I'm when I'm traveling, when I know I'm going to be traveling to a city, I'll often go online and find, you know, the Unity Churches and the center, the Science of Mind centers. And one of the ways I decide if I'm going to, you know, go visit one of them is I'll listen to parts of our whole Sunday talk that's on their website Uh just to kind of get a sense of the flavor and the flow and, um, you know, and so many, many centers, if you have whatever your spiritual path is, whatever your faith practices are and your beliefs are, on the Internet now there is no shortage of... um, spiritual leaders or churches or spiritual centers uh-huh. that have messages online for your use. Uh-huh. And if you look at it that way, it's for your use, so right. use it. Right. And then the other thing that came to mind was no matter you know where you are, um, the meetup.com. If you're looking for, a, you really want to have a personal oh, interaction, with a group of people, then, you know, go to meetup.com and see. I know here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in North Texas, there are dozens, if not hundreds, actually if I say spirituality, meditation, and religion, if I just took those three, there are hundreds of meetup groups. And so... Is that a national thing? And so, yeah, meetup.com is, you know, and then look for your city or put in your zip code or, you know, a city or an area near you, and you can, and then you can choose, you know, your area of interest. Interesting. You know. Horseback riding. Horseback riding or roller skating or, um, you know, uh, psychotherapy, arts and crafts, 
And, of course, religion or spirituality or faith, meditation. Wow. So, you know, people are hosting events or meetings or dialogue groups, and you can find people who are of like mind. That's cool. You know, that maybe you don't work with or maybe, you know, you don't have any other way of finding them. So absolutely do that and use that to help you identify a way to create a routine that has you interacting with other people. Um, other spiritual practices that come to mind that could especially help you if you found, find yourself standing on the ground of doubt. doubt. You know, the old standby of the community, you know, having others step in for me, with me, hold my truth. Meditation, of course, we always talk about because I do think, and I was talking this morning at meditation um, at the Center for Spiritual Living. We have meditation every morning at 7. And I'm fascinated to watch people kind of come and go. And there's one gentleman that comes every Saturday. And he and I were talking this morning about how it's interesting to watch people come and go as crisis comes and goes. Yes. And so we become very spiritual when we're in crisis. <laughs> but it's interesting if we can maintain, it's kind of like um, the... Um, Oh, when you're on antibiotics for the flu, they say, you know, you take it all seven days, regardless if you start feeling better the third day. And so I think about that with spirituality. If I can keep my spiritual practice going when things are going well, then I'm almost guaranteed the next little hump in the road won't be so dramatic for me. And I'll probably have less humps, you know, and I can kind of just build on the good, on the good, on the good versus kind of going up and down the same little piece of the hill over and over again, you know. So so I encourage people to continue that meditation practice for whatever the practice is, whether it's you're in the in, good times in, or the bad right, times. In good or bad times, um, Kirk Franklin, the gospel artist, has a great, uh, has a great version of the song, um, My God is an Awesome God. Mm. And it's, you know, really upbeat, Mm. and it's, My God is an Awesome God. And one day, I was in the car, and I was listening to the the CD that that's on and that song, and I, you know, kept putting that song on repeat. And then out of who knows where, you know, God knows where, um, I was thinking about people who just, call on God when they're in crisis, right? Uh Uh And I started flipping the lyrics to, okay, my God is an awesome God. Your God is a 911 God. (laughs) I love it. And um, because I have this thing about people using and not having a, 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 a 365 relationship with this energy, this spirit that we call God. Oh, my goodness, and, and I have done that many times. Yeah. And, you know, seeing God as that's how they call 911. Right. You know, and so I mean, that's a topic for a future show, mm-hmm. emergency or 911. Okay, so, um, wow, our time is just about up. Next week, next week we are talking about. Oh, I don't know what we're talking about next week. <laughs> we have to decide as soon as this show is over what we're going to talk about next week. But the following week we're talking about enemies. Enemies, love it. Yeah, so we may move that up to next week, but I think we're going to different. Check us out on uh, GodInMyDay.com. That's another way to stay connected and look at different videos and different things to to encourage you and encourage me along the path. Absolutely. And if you're having a tough week, go to ReclaimJoy.com and uh, check out the information there for you as well. So um, we will hopefully see you next week. And in the meantime, say say yes.
had listening to those seminars, and you had 24 hours to listen to it free. Oh, that was told me from it. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. 